Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we, together, he and I, and the community, are Ember Weekend. And uh, we're here to talk about newsy things and Ember-related stuff. Uh, today we're going to be talking mostly about So Ember, which is the San Diego conference that Chase and I both just recently attended. And I'm really excited. So, um, this isn't the weekend, though. Like, we're not actually recording oh, yeah. this time. Yeah, how so. did we, how did we, yeah, this is super weird. Uh, so, we release on not the weekend, and normally we record on the weekend, so our name kind of makes sense. So should we, today re- we're we should recording. release on Saturday now. Oh yeah, that's and, actually a good call. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to release on the weekend so that it, so that it actually makes sense. And we'll call it um, Ember Weekday, like we'll get a different. Ember, <laughs> Ember Weekday, that's pretty good, that's good, I like it, I like it. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, all kidding aside, uh, let's, uh, let's dive in. We got some really cool stuff to talk about. All right, so the first talk we're going to talk about is the one that Mike North gave, and uh, he's talking primarily about uh, Ember Glue, what he considers Ember Glue. And I took uh, two things away from this. Uh, One, he very uh, accurately, I think, captured how uh, most apps in the JavaScript space are created, uh, and that includes Backbone and React and all these other ones, as basically being uh, patchwork quilts of apps where each patch is a different portion of the framework. And... Uh, of of your of your own architecture, um, not so much a framework, and uh, you're basically filling each patch with the thing that you think is right, and uh, they move at different paces, and they're you know I mean they're they're effective. I mean a patchwork quilt's very warm, but it's not necessarily cohesive, and it's not necessarily going to age at the same rate. Or I guess I, I don't know if this metaphor is actually working anymore, but uh, like uh, repaired at the same rate. I don't know. I don't even know. Um, but there's a lot of different friction there. So um, one of the cool things about Ember is that it has kind of a cohesive solution. So um, once you learn the stuff, you can apply it elsewhere. And uh, there's a bunch of other uh, ways that different portions of the tech stack kind of interrelate. And with Ember, that usually uh, makes sense because it's community driven. Uh, so it's really interesting. And then once he started talking about the actual Ember glue, the things that connect all of the different pieces, uh, he started talking about things like a registry versus container and the initializer initializers versus instance initializers. You know, I talked about initializers in my talk and I cannot say that word. It, it's just a, it's a problem. Right. Yeah. It's like, um, instance initializers, uh, instance they should have just called it, they should have just called it initializers and then anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's such a tongue twister. Uh, but anyways, he, he had a lot of really keen insight on how to debug these things and how to gain insight into your code and maybe follow a little bit of a, uh, uh, follow a little bit of the internal Ember code. I think he abbreviated a lot of it for, uh, for brevity and also for the sake of not showing too much private API. And he heavily caveated that it was private API. Um, but it was a really interesting talk. I really like those deep dives where you can kind of explore a little bit more and get a little more visibility into the underpinnings of Ember, not just the the top level stuff that we see day to day. Yeah, and he was basically saying that you know everybody should have this skill. That uh, your number one, uh, I guess, tactic of like either copy paste from Stack Overflow or ask a question in in Slack um, is not, I guess, not the first place you should start. I mean, it's definitely an option, uh, but it's like you need to be able to follow follow a stack or follow you know like uh, step through the code and kind of figure it out uh because that'll give you a lot of intuition about how ember works um and it'll you know it's it's fun it actually i mean everybody calls it spelunking spelunking or something and it's um that doesn't sound fun you know that's like <laughs> the deep, deep dark cave you know but it, it's kind of like uh looking around seeing seeing how this how the how everything's put together it really does help you uh get a feel for you know how it was intended to be used 
you see a lot of great comments too. Like people write these really huge comments with really good stories. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like an adventure. It's like an adventure. And I think, I think that's kind of the, the, the thing that he left us with was basically saying that, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily improve the application you're currently working on, uh, it might make sense to, you know, every once in a while spend 20 or 30 minutes uh, just going on an adventure and just following this, you know, following the frames until you, you know, you, like you'll learn something, you'll take something away that will help you down the road and then just make it a habit, you know, every week or, you know, every couple of days or whatever you can, you can manage um, with your time. Uh, just go and take a look at the internals and see what's going on and it will probably make uh, your life a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely. So it was a neat talk. We're going to post that and all of the talks uh, from So Amber once they're up um, and running. And the next talk up was uh, from Melanie Sumner, uh, and I, I had never met her, so this was like this was the reason that I went to the San Diego conference is that I thought you know I could meet a bunch of new people, um, and uh, she was really interesting. She was from uh, Chase Bank, which is apparently this was the I guess the first time that that was like public that Chase Bank was doing Ember development, um, and so she, what she does though is she does the accessibility side of that. I don't know if she's just like bringing down the hammer on people or if she's doing the code. Um, but she was, uh, you know, super knowledgeable about, you know, how, how all this stuff, um, uh, kind of fits together. Um, the one, the, like one thing I thought she was, uh, um, really trying to express was like, whose job is it? And basically the answer is it's everybody's job. Like at every single level, somebody has to think about it. It's not something that you can just say, well, the designers didn't put ARIA roles in the, the markup. So, you know, I'm just a developer. I just copied and, you know, put the dynamic stuff in place and it's not just the developer's job and it's not just the project manager's job and it's not just the you know it, it's everybody has kind of a, a responsibility in it um so i thought that was really cool and she also said it, it needed uh leadership so the leadership had to be on board with you know allocating the time you know enforcing that, it, that it's happening doing some qa testing and things like that so i thought that was you know a really good message yeah i totally agree and and she pointed out uh, specific use cases around uh you know plugging in ember a11y testing uh, which kind of gives you uh, some warnings about places where you might have uh, issues. Uh, and then honestly, like really sensible advice, like, hey, just tab through your app and like, can you do the things that you want to do um, without a mouse? I feel like that's a really good first step. Um, and I think there's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more that needs to be done, but I, I really enjoyed this talk. I think it was very insightful. And uh, I think that um, I'm going to be installing Ember A11Y testing in, in some apps pretty soon. And uh, the next talk up, which I, I think happened, like, was it right before the break, I think, um, was Daniel yeah, Chappell. So. Yeah, and he uh, he literally said in this talk, because it, it was like a really in-depth talk and could be a little boring, is what he was basically trying to get at. It's, it's all Haskell. And he's like, if you don't, if you're like, you're not going to understand anything, just, uh, you know, you can go to the break early. No one did, though. Yeah. So I, la really, I left I left really hard. There's several of his jokes, actually. They were really funny. Yeah, he, he probably had, especially because it was in the morning. Uh, he got a lot of good laughs and I think helped wake some people up. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, so his talk was uh, basically on Haskell, but kind of not, kind of on TypeScript, but kind of not. It was really weird. It was, uh, it was, it was the Haskell influence, um, which is, I guess, type safety, purely functional, a lot of weird words like monad and functor. And what was the other one he used? It was like... Applicative? Or yeah, no, uh, yeah, applicative. Yeah, it was something applicative, like that. Applicative, yeah. And... Uh, you know, and so a lot of terminology, um, he tried to explain it. I tried to follow, um, but it, I still don't know what a monad is. 
Yeah, so my main takeaway here was that uh, that this is all really, really interesting stuff. Um, I had not heard of the word functor before, and I feel like that, uh, well, I've heard the word before, but I didn't really understand it in the context. So he did that, and he actually, sh he walked us through some really cool examples of uh, kind of leveraging some of this stuff in your uh, in your JavaScript code, uh, which I thought was really neat. And uh, I think uh, his talk is one I'm most looking forward to going into on video so that I can spend a little bit more time kind of basically studying his slides to get caught up. Um, but it was really, it was really great. Uh, and I think my main takeaway was that monads are hard, but they're worth investigating. Uh, yeah. That was kind of my, my main thing. It, the, the, the one thing it did is it got me really interested in trying uh, TypeScript, uh, specifically in Ember. And then I realized that TypeScript doesn't work very well in Ember. Like this, the story for it's not, not very complete. It's kind of you know the, the Adam that does is kind of old. Yeah, I mean there are people who are really interested in it. So I, I'm actually now I'm super interested in at least playing around with it. So yeah, so it was it was really interesting. I'm definitely interested in uh, seeing how TypeScript uh, plays well with Ember or doesn't. <laughs> yeah, totally. I I need to just buy some books and sit down and try to learn some of the signatures because I, I was writing some TypeScript over the weekend and. I had to look up basically everything, like how do you set default options and how do you, you know, how do you destructure and then also set default, uh, you know, uh, arguments. That's, I don't know, it's 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 just a little bit of a of a minefield for me personally. I just need to spend some time like uh, diving into it, but it definitely seems really interesting, and I think you get some really good information that you otherwise would kind of be you're kind of throwing it away. So um, I'm excited about it. I I don't know if I'm like eager to go out and write it tomorrow. Um, I'm much more fluent in JavaScript, but it's interesting. But yeah, Daniel's talk was great. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to review that myself. So, all right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, Trent Willis's talk. And his talk was on engines, but very specifically lazy engines. And uh, he walked through um, each feature of the engine development. Uh, and then each feature of engine development came with an RFC attached to it. So there's just like six RFCs that that went through where, you know, LinkedIn and Trent and Nathan and Robert and all these people were working on these RFCs to basically kind of flesh out the patterns so that all of the engine work would be shareable. So it was a really awesome story when you start thinking about just the massive effort that was done. And then not only is that effort, that, that effort like, captured so that it can be reused by other people in the community but it was like standardized and went through comment periods and things it's really interesting to see uh like amber's oss model kind of like work like on a big scale uh it's really really cool yeah and i mean it, some of the changes seem just so like on the surface you're like oh that'd be trivial or you know like why why is there an rfc for this and you're like well they break they break some compatibility in like a weird place so the one that the one example he gave uh, was that um, query params, um, normally if you have default query params, they actually get stripped from the URL. And uh, he was saying that in this case, they can't be because you don't know what the default query params are because if you have a lazy loaded engine, you all you have is like the route name. You don't have the actual route object. You don't have the controller that, and the controllers where those default query params live. So you can generate a URL for a, you know, a controller or for a route and controller combination that you don't have yet. So you don't, you have no idea uh, when you generate that URL, what uh, it's supposed to look like. And there's a couple other problems specifically uh, with URL generation um, that had RFCs attached for them. And they're all about like, you know, really thinking about how to either preserve backward compatibility or, or way in this case, what's the risk of putting, of just not stripping that query parameter. It, it was very minimal. Like, I don't think it, it shouldn't affect anyone's app. Yeah. And specifically, you know, when, when they did this, they would like do a GitHub search 
and they would say, is any, are any of these projects we're seeing uh, using, you know, using this function in this way? And if it, if it wasn't, then they felt confident in, you know, at least putting together the RFC and kind of like moving forward, but they're still asking for input. So um, it's amazing, you know, how much work and thought went into it. Yeah, definitely. And I like, I like that some of those RFCs, like engines are ostensibly like done, like more or less. Uh, but some of those RFCs are still unmerged because there's, you know, they're still, they still want feedback and they still want some fluidity to, to make sure that they can make changes they need. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, 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 the effort here was huge and super interesting. And I think we're only just now tapping into the potential here. So, um, I'm really excited about, about that. And this was a great talk. He had some really awesome, uh, um, I, so I, I was, as, uh, as he was giving his talk, I was kind of like rapidly like doing double checks and triple checks of my talk. And I was really impressed by his, um, his transitions. He had a bunch of really cool keynote transitions at the beginning of his talk. So I don't know why that's the thing that it, like comes to mind, but it was good. Oh yeah. That stuff is, it's really hard to get right. And it's know, hard, it's hard to get right. It's also like hard to stop. Like once you start, you're like, Oh, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if I could do this thing or yeah, oh, wait a second, I can do this other thing. So right, yeah. just get all your slides together first and then add those because yeah, right, you will yeah. waste forever on like one slide. I did it. I, yep. I, I did an animation of like, you know, it was like telling a story and, it, and I remember that that one slide took like three days. To yeah, yeah. 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 And then you get to go to change something. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, that's, that's all gone. Uh, mm -hmm. yep. But yeah, totally. Uh, Super impressed. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. So anyways, uh, look forward to that. And uh, and if you're ever feeling like uh, you're interested in engine work, um, those RFCs, some of them are still open. And uh, even if uh, they're closed or merged, it's still worthwhile uh, to go in there and kind of investigate those RFCs. Really good comments and discussions. So check it out. And uh, the next talk uh, was by Miguel Andrade uh, or Cobain. I'm not really sure yeah, uh, yeah. What, which one it is. Um, he it's it's actually Andrade. Uh, he he really likes uh, yeah. He's he's really into music and he likes Kurt Cobain. So uh, I I actually called I actually called him Cobain uh, and they're like no 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 that's just a joke like he just does that. <laughs> um, so yeah, his talk was about how to uh, use Ember uh, without DOM. So how to how to use I, I guess he's using a lot of Glimmer features um, to use Ember as basically just a composing uh, framework where what you're composing isn't necessarily DOM. Uh, the examples he gave uh, were interesting. They're like map-like libraries. And the first one was a JavaScript library. So you're like, okay, well, you're not uh, doing a DOM, but you're, you're still interacting with JavaScript. So like the gap, uh, you know, didn't seem that impressive. Uh, but then the next part, and this was like, I was hoping he was going to do this because I've, I've run into this, this same like desire to do this with Ember and then like just falling flat on my face. Um, he started rendering 3D with it. Um, Specifically, I think he was using, uh, oh, he was using WebGL. I'm not sure specific. I'm not sure what library it was, but it was super impressive. Um, he had, uh, you know, button overlays over the top of this 3D scene, and it was all everything was data bound. So like the rotation of the galaxy was data bound to something in Ember. Um, the rotation of the planets were were all data bound. Uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, the entire time, uh, like after after the talks were all done and we were out um, getting food. Uh, I was just trying to make a joke. I was trying to figure out some way to make a joke about how um, he's the only one who can now make uh, an apple pie from scratch because he first created the universe. And it took me like a while. I don't think I ever landed it. It's bad. Anyways, yeah, this talk was this talk was really, really good. Um, he did mention there was one caveat to the whole thing was that even though there's no DOM being written, there's still text nodes being written. So the DOM is still involved uh, in order to do some like bookkeeping on Ember side. 
I don't think that that's necessarily like a permanent problem, but um, it's a thing that if you wanted to use this for, say, a video game or something like that, you'd have to take into account, and likely there would be some performance considerations. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but you know, like th this was this was great, and I, l I actually like the map, uh, the map one. I know you kind of like you. I feel like you were much more blown away by the OpenGL thing, but I thought the map example was really cool too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was that was really great. It was all data bound, and um, you know, he he had some sliders and stuff down below where he's changing some values outside of the map, and yeah. because you know, because of Inver, all of that was you know adjusting uh, like weight, uh, uh, markers and polygons right. being drawn and where you know the zoom level of the yep. map, all of that was controlled you know externally, and that was uh that was that was pretty good. Right. Yeah. But this was a great talk, and uh, and Miguel's really cool. I got to hang out with him a little bit after uh, afterwards, and it was a uh, it was yeah, it was really great getting to talk to him. Um, really excited to, uh, to see the potential here to, you know, other applications, not, not just necessarily OpenGL like graphic stuff, but also like more things like Ember Leaflet, just seeing how it works. I also think that part of what made Ember Leaflet possible was, uh, Ember Wormhole, which is a thing that, uh, kept getting brought up like as, as this like very important piece of, of like code that is used across a bunch of add-ons that do really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I find myself reaching for it, uh, pretty often now. But usually, I have to get it. I have to reach for it when the UI is uh, somehow disconnected, and if you, every time it always feels like there's a problem. Like the reason I'm having to use it is because the UI is not structured right. So specifically, like you have a form, and that form will be like wrapped in some other component. And you're like, oh yeah, this is very hierarchical, and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, there's a button way down here, and that controls that form way up there, and you're like, ah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And there's a bunch of really cool stuff uh, in uh, other other cool stuff in Miguel's talk. So look forward to that one. Uh, I'm pretty sure the the Planet Universe thing uh, demo is actually open source, so you can probably play around with it if you're interested. Um, but yeah, definitely look forward to check, checking that out. Yeah. And then there was my talk, which I talked about Fastboot, and uh, we'll link to the episode where I, I yammer about Fastboot for like I don't know, like 25 minutes uh in the show notes uh, and if you're interested uh, you should definitely reach out to me and let me let me know what you think about uh, about fastboot and your use cases and stuff like that and we'll talk so yeah we just talked a lot about luke uh <laughs> for ember wormhole um and he was also the closing keynote speaker um and it was really interesting because he one he had um he had a leg brace on from uh from his uh his injury doing parkour so uh, that was super impressive that he, he, he got up on stage and was, you know, walking around in, in this conference, like, you know, injured. So that was, uh, that was pretty nice. Uh, I had a ton of empathy for that, which is <laughs> a ton of empathy, nice. which is actually what his talk was about. Um, and he was given basically free reign to just talk about whatever. And, uh, what he chose to talk about was just about having empathy, um, you know, just for each other, uh, for another developer, somebody who's going to, you know, come on the project later, you know, Sometimes there's an easy way to get something done, and sometimes there's the way that's maintainable, um, that's kind of fair to the next person that's going to be taking over your job. Um, so yeah, it was um, it was a good it was a good lesson, I think. I totally agree, and I really like that he had free reign to do whatever he wanted, and chose to give a talk that w that touched on broader subjects than just the technology that we use. Um, I thought that was really great. One of the things I thought was uh, pretty excellent was his explanation of. Uh, what he called Shuha Ri, which apparently comes from, I want to say he said Martin Fowler, I want to say was the one who kind of brought it, brought the idea around um, into, to, into the software world anyways. And it's the idea of, uh, you know, the pursuit of a mastery of, of a thing 
And at each stage, you kind of move across uh, different expectations. So in the shoe phase, you just do things that you're told. And in the ha phase, you can kind of expand a little bit more. In the re phase, you're an expert and you're going to be discovering uh, and, and improvising. And if you are in any, if you're in any of those stages in mastery and you try to go to another stage before you're ready, or you try to go back to a stage that you've already been to, you're going to be really frustrated. So if you're in this improvisational stage where you're really um, trying to push the boundaries of a space, I think he used the Torrens Ember uh, Redux as an example, um, then you you can't go back to just doing what you're told, like in the shoe phase. And uh, I don't know, like it, it was it was it was com- it's more complicated than I'm giving it credit for, like in a, in a good way, like it's more dynamic of a of a concept. But I think it uh, it's really about trying to think about uh, ma- the pursuit of mastery and how you can help people at each stage and what each stage means. Um, I think, uh, for, for instance, he said that the shoe phase, which is, um, the, 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 the authoritative master of the shoe would be the EmberJS learning team. So the de facto thing that everyone should follow should be in, in that when they're in that phase should be the stuff that the learning team creates, which I thought was really cool because if, if we all kind of get behind that idea, um, that means that we're all going to be coming from a specific point of learning, which is good, I think, in that phase. Um, everyone's going to have a lot of similar knowledge and nomenclature and uh, experience coming coming that way. So I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting insight into into things. I've heard um, I've heard things that are related to this that have like five steps of mastery. Um, I don't remember the name of it. I just I just talked about this over the weekend. <laughs> um, anyways, but it, but it's a similar concept. But I think Luke really knocked the talk out of the park, and uh, and it was uh, was really cool to uh, to to listen. Yeah, and his uh, he, he had some really good stories about him as a young developer, um, uh, you know, driving you to cats to the to to, oh, to yeah, the meetup right. and stuff like when it was still Sprout Core and Sprout Core. Yeah, yeah, it was a really emotional talk. So when when that comes up, we'll we'll put it up. You should uh, you know watch it. Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, I think it was a fantastic keynote for sure, for sure. And uh, and with that, uh, I think we've kind of talked about all the talks. So uh, that was San Diego EmberConf, and I had a blast. I really loved it. It was a one-day uh, conference, which was um, which was kind of great. I really liked that it was one day, one track. I got to talk to pretty much everybody. Uh, if I didn't get to talk to you, you should, and you're and you and you want to talk fast food or something, just uh, reach out to me on Slack. But I had a great time. It was super fun. We partied afterwards. It was a good time. Yeah, and that that venue was just. I mean, it was it was probably the best conference venue I've ever been to. Yeah, um, it was. It was, it was like it was everything great. was dealt with, and and the conference organizers were talking about everything. Like they the, the 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 staff there was like very proactive with like, hey, it's a little windy outside. Do you want us to move everything inside? And you know, everything was like just handled. And I mean, and it was you know just gorgeous. So and it was a great day too. So that that helped. Yep. Totally. Totally. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks, uh, you know, as a side note, um, I spoke, I spoke here and I want to just, you know, say thanks to Heather and Brian for putting all the stuff, to, all the work in and uh, all the people at Dockyard who um, did just a phenomenal job at the conference. That was a, it was a real, a real fun treat. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing them and, you know, all of our friends again in just a couple months for EmberConf. Yeah, definitely. All right. And that, uh, that's uh, going to be it for this uh, Ember weekend. And uh, thanks for for listening through to the end. And if you have any questions or concerns or comments, just uh, reach out to us on Twitter at uh, Ember Weekend, all one word. Or you can follow along um, with our podcast, uh, with your podcast reader of choice uh, at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. 
I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we will see you next week. Woop woop.